Swamiji, can human love ever be pure? If you love God and the other person, if you love the other person for his welfare and not for your own, yes, I would say so. Jesus said, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the self, if you think of it as the higher self, you should see that self in all. That is pure love. When you love God in everything, that is pure love. When your love is giving, not taking, when you're not thinking in terms of what pleasure you can get from another people or what benefit you can get from another person, um, then that is pure love. Yes, you can love God purely. Pure love means without selfish interest. Is it like divine friendship? Yes. Yeah. And if in the case of a family or a couple where you have a close relationship, can that more human side of it be purified? It can be, and it needs to be. But of course it usually is not. That is why in the marriage ceremony in India, they say that the husband should love the wife, not just as his wife, but for the Divine Mother who is in the form of that wife. And the wife should love the husband because it's God in that form that she loves. It's not very easy when you have a close relationship. People go against your desires. People, um, for various reasons, there's selfishness in that kind of love and there can hardly fail to be. So I think that the safest way is try for that, but give more energy to other relationships, which you can really think in terms of the well-being of all. Think of other people's need, and don't have personal motives. Don't think, I want this from life, I want that from life. A curious and sad thing is that People in the world assume that you have motives because everybody has motives. And if you don't say what your motives are, that means your motives must be dark. And so it is that saints are often persecuted because people can't really believe that people are there who will really want their, their well-being. That's why they crucified Christ. And yet Christ, he didn't suffer on the cross for himself. He was suffering for the people and their ignorance and how they would keep on turning their highest good against themselves. The Swamiji, you've spoken of heroic love. Can you define what that would Heroic mean? love, what is a hero? Somebody who's willing to give his life for others. So heroic love means to love without any benefit to yourself. Willing to be so to suffer for other people's sake, willing to um, give up everything, to lose everything for the sake of other people, that is heroic love. Swamiji, um, does discrimination have to enter into that equation? Well, it does, of course. You have to know whether it's true or false. You have to, you have to know your own motives. Sometimes people um, say that they love other people, but really they're thinking basically in terms of what they can get out of it. Mm -hmm. So yes, discrimination is essential in everything. And introspection as well. Yes, I think that this is a very good practice at the end of every day. In the Bhagavad Gita, this is why 
you see the Bhagavad Gita is a scripture which talks about the battle between the good side and the bad side. But the interesting thing is the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, there the question is asked, what did they? Not what are they doing? In the actual story, Dhritarashtra, the blind mind, is seeing through Sanjay what is happening. But the question asked at the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita is, what did they? At the end of every day, ask yourself, which side won? Did I, was there a time when I, when I was helping somebody or was I really doing it for myself? Discriminate. You'll develop that ability to the point where you can instantly tell, oh, I'm not doing the right thing now, or I am doing the right thing. Don't assume one or the other, because you can have good motives as well as bad. This emphasis on I'm a sinner is not wholesome. It, it's a negative affirmation. And it'll actually, what it does, it makes gives you all the excuse you need to go on sinning. <laughs> so be impartial, but always try to be honest with yourself. Am I doing the right thing in God's eyes? And I think the best way to do that is to ask God, is this right? Was this right? He will guide your discrimination. Swamiji, in close relationships, when you really love someone and feel that they've hurt you, how do you deal with that? If you're hurt, you're thinking of your ego. You're thinking me. If you don't, if you don't think of your ego, if he's wrong in hurting you, you'll feel sorry for him, that he discriminated wrongly. But as long as there's hurt, there's ego. Ego is the source of all our pain. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Swamiji, how would you suggest spiritualizing family life? My tendency would be to do what I did, leave it. <laughs> That's cheating, Swamiji. <laughs> because, honestly, you've got family members who will constantly misunderstand you. And uh, I, 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 I like the saying, God gave us my family, but thank God I can choose my friends. <laughs> I, I can't say that my family helped me in my growth toward understanding, because their take on things is constantly based on ego. And you will begin to think that that's the norm. I'd say that if you really are serious, then, um, well, let's get off that subject. <laughs> but I guess what I was driving at is encouraging spirituality in children. Yes, I do think that's good. And how to do it, to help them to understand that they are really happier when they do the right thing than when they do the wrong thing. When they hurt another person, they're really hurting themselves. And when they think selfishly, they're really unhappy in themselves. It hurts them. So in that kind of training, that's why we have the Education for Life principle. Not every family member, not every parent is going to have that kind of wisdom. But in our schools, we can develop teachers who do have it. And I think it's very important that these teachers teach children these principles. I was very touched to see a concert last night of our children 
and one of them was weeping and all the others were helping. That was very sweet. This is what I, I think we can develop in schools, but in family, I, I had a good family. I never, I never even heard of my parents having, a, having an argument. They were, they were basically good people, but they were worldly people. I, I couldn't stand it. I was suffocated. I wanted something more. And uh, I, I have to say that I'm not the best example because none of my family members have followed my path. I wish it were so. I wish they had, but they haven't. If you have a relative who is on the path with you, bless you. That's a wonderful thing. <laughs> but seek your relationships with people who love God. Swamiji, I think another angle of that same question is how do we, in ourselves, balance daily life with spirituality? Well, we have to think of God. You know, this is one reason why Mother's cooking is usually best, because she cooks with love for the family. Love is a very important ingredient in any food that you eat. And the mother who loves her family will cook with love. But uh, um, there should be that main ingredient of thinking of others. And you do find happy families, and you do find families where people think that way, even so it's limited. <laughs> I would say that God and all humanity is my family. Uh, this is my take, and I may be wrong. Well, I mean, would you say that respect is as important as love in family life? I'd say that respect was more important because respect you can always have. There should be respect for another person's right to be wrong. It may, it may not love his decision, but you can respect him for it. Yeah. In family life and, and all of life, how do we love a particularly difficult person? Well, think in terms of his happiness. Think in terms of what is best for him. Live your life inwardly. There was a saint who said to my guru when he was a young man, my boy, are you married? And he said, no. And the saint said, well, you're on the safe side. Better stay that way. Mm -hmm. He himself was married to a very materialistic woman. Mm -hmm. But he said, I have escaped her. She doesn't know where I am. It didn't mean he'd run away from home. It meant that in himself he had developed that contact with God that she couldn't touch. So how do you develop that? You, you have to have an inward life. You don't have to share that inner life with other people. And on your part, you can serve them with the right attitude. But I have to say, with those who are closest to you, it's much more difficult much more difficult than with strangers or with the general public. And so in dealing with that kind of relationship, is impersonal love the, the answer? Well, impersonal love is usually taken as cold love. I don't mean it that way. I mean loving without thinking what you're getting back. Impersonal where you are concerned, not where they're concerned. Be aware of their needs, and if they have emotional needs, respect their emotional needs and try to relate to that. In fact, maturity I define 
as the ability to relate to other realities than your own. So if you have a sister or a brother or somebody in the family who is always getting moody and upset, respect that reality. Don't try to tell them they shouldn't be that way. That's how they are. Your impersonality means don't take it on to yourself. But you can help other people much more that way because when you understand their realities, then you enter into that and see it from their point of view and how they can improve that. But in fact, in the family, it's much more difficult. Jesus himself said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own village and in his own home and his own family. <laughs> and it's very difficult when you see somebody eating the same food you're eating to understand that he's doing it with a very different consciousness.